，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。For the first time in the current campaign season, the four major presidential candidates all showed up at the same event on Friday. It was the 160th anniversary of Gongtian Temple in Miaoli's Baishatun. The temple is dedicated to the sea goddess Matsu, who is often seen as the protector of Taiwan. All four candidates gave a speech at the event. DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Qingde holds incense in devout worship. To his side, you can see his rivals, the TPP's Kuanjur, Kamti's Hoyoyi, and independent candidate Terry Go. Lai took the initiative to shake hands and exchange pleasantries with his fellow presidential hopefuls. 成功邀请了。They managed to bring together all four 2024 presidential candidates at this event. Wow, they really got the moves. The four of them did not interact much, but they all seemed to have the same idea. When they took to the stage, their speeches focused on cross-strait peace, inspired by belief in the sea goddess Matsu. The only hope is that Taiwan can be united and the nation can be prosperous, sustainable, and stable. I hope for cross-strait religious and cultural exchange. And no military confrontation. The kind-hearted people in Taiwan all hope for change. They simply don't want struggle or war. I often say that in this society, there are actually not so many differences or confrontations. A visit to Bai Shatun's Mazu will make you like everything about Taiwan even more. I hope Mazu can bless the 2024 presidential election so that the Taiwanese people can, of their own volition, select the best candidate without being influenced by external forces or the interference of disinformation. A candidate who can build cross-strait peace and continue to promote Taiwan's development. It seemed as if the four were jousting to give the best speech. It was already a grand event for the sea goddess, and the first joint appearance of all four candidates only made the occasion an even bigger highlight. The Coast Guard administration seized a Chinese fishing boat that had illegally entered Taiwan's waters Friday. The vessel was found just 1.8 nautical miles off the coast of Xinzhou County. While trying to escape from the Coast Guard, the ship collided with a patrol boat and damaged it. The fishing vessel had 17 crew members and 20,000 kilograms of fish on board, but a search for contraband turned up empty. The Coast Guard dumped the catch into the sea and detained the crew. Let's hear from the Coast Guard. We use skills we gained in previous boarding incidents. We put on protective gear and boarded the vessel. But as we were doing it, their vessel collided with our patrol boat. After we brought everyone back to port, we detained the Chinese crew. And reported the matter to prosecutors, so that they face the relevant penalties for obstructing law enforcement. 
According to the Coast Guard administration, between January and August this year, 515 Chinese fishing vessels have been driven out of Taiwan's waters. In the same period, 15 Chinese fishing vessels were seized. In this latest episode, the vessel will be detained by the relevant agency for one month, and violators will be issued a fine of 2.4 million NT. In addition, the crew may also be charged with obstructing law enforcement. South Korea held its largest-scale military parade in downtown Seoul, the first such event in 10 years, to commemorate its upcoming Armed Forces Day on October 1st. A long-range surface-to-air missile developed to intercept ballistic missiles from North Korea was shown in public for the first time. As Voice of America's Nike Ching reports, the parade comes amid heightened tensions between the two Koreas. Thousands of troops took part in Seoul's largest military celebration in a decade, showcasing South Korea's defense capabilities with a display of weapon systems ranging from attack aircraft, tanks to Navy vessels. The parade comes as South Korean President Yoon Song-yue says his country faces increasing threats from North Korea. Despite repeated warnings for decades from the international society, North Korea has been advancing their nuclear and missile capabilities and even openly threatening nuclear use. These are existential threats to the Republic of Korea and also a significant challenge to world peace. The public got its first look at several new weapon systems, including a long-range surface-to-air missile developed to intercept ballistic missiles from North Korea. Some South Koreans say they are not so concerned about the threat of an imminent attack. Sometimes my husband is on duty from early morning because of the missile launches, but I really don't think that anything will happen. North Korea has been bluffing for more than decades, so I really don't think that a nuclear war in the Korean peninsula will occur. For the first time, South Korea's Drone Operation Command joined the parade. In another first, and as relations have been described as reaching new heights, American troops marched alongside the Korean military marking seven decades of their military alliance. Nike Chin, VOA News, Seoul. Four years ago, Taipei's Nanmen Market relocated to a temporary site while its aging building got demolished and rebuilt. Now the construction project is complete. The market, famed for its traditional dried goods and cooking ingredients, is set to hold its soft opening on October 7th. Vendors say they're excited to return to their original location where a brand new market awaits them. 
The vendor is happy as a clam as she shares the good news. Her stand is finally returning home after a stint away from its original location. Next week, she'll be reopening her shop at the newly rebuilt Nanmen Market. Yes, I'm very happy. My grandson was born while I was here, and now he's in preschool. Of course, I'll miss my neighbors here too. We were here for four years, all through the pandemic too. It was really tough, so we can't wait to move back to our new home, to the new building. From outside, the new building looks like it'll be very pleasant. Many vendors are looking forward to moving day and are busy packing up their wares. The old Nanmen Market building was demolished in 2019 amid concerns that the aging structure would not be able to withstand vibrations from nearby construction work on the Taipei MRT's light green line. The vendors were relocated to a temporary site where they stayed for four years and weathered the pandemic. On the site's last day on Friday, the head of the market's association recounted all the efforts they'd made to keep the market going away from its original site. At the beginning, it was a lot of hard work holding events to attract people to the temporary location. Nanman Market has a reputation and there are a lot of famous shops. So I'm sure there will be big crowds once we move back. On October the 7th, we'll join them all there. We've been diehard fans of Nunman Market. My parents' generation and my grandmother used to go there and eat. It's great, fantastic really. This flashy 12-story building is the new Nanman Market, which sells everything under the sun. Basement Level 2 is where vendors can get their goods ready to sell. Basement Level 1 is for fresh goods, Level 1 is for retail space, and Level 2 is for food stands. Levels 3 and up are all office space for Taipei City. There's just as many vendor spaces as before, and all the local favorites are moving back in. The market will have its soft opening on October 7th, and in the future could have direct access to the MRT. Our lease with the National Property Administration for the temporary market site is set to expire at the end of this year. So this plot of land will be given back to them and become a new building for the central government offices. Dungman Market will move next door to the Huaguang Development Zone. They'll set up a temporary location there. On the last day of operations at Nanmen's temporary site, vendors thanked patrons by offering discounts of 10% on shopping credit. They hope shoppers will stick with them as they move back to their original location and continue operations at the centenary old market. We now take you to meet award-winning color ink painter Chen Li Chue. She has won numerous awards over her 40-year career and is now holding a solo exhibition at Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall, displaying over 60 color ink paintings. Our reporter Stephanie Yang takes us there. At the opening ceremony of Chen Li Chue's art exhibition, renowned singer Susie Chen made a special appearance. Chen Li Chue painted a picture of the Buddha statue, Great Sen Tathagata, which received much praise in art and religious circles. At the opening ceremony, the artist gave Susie Chen the painting as a token of gratitude. 
Susie took the initiative to contact me and said that she would help me to combine music and painting to promote them together. She was willing to help me. I was very grateful. I want there to be more artists so that Taiwan will become a more beautiful and warmer place. So I called her myself and said I wanted to sing. She wanted to donate this painting of Great Santa Tagata to me today. Li Chue is an award-winning artist from Pingdong. She has been an artist for over 40 years. She is now holding an exhibition displaying over 60 works that include paintings of landscapes, flowers, birds, and animals. Because the venue is very large, I exhibited some relatively large paintings. This works well with the exhibition venue. Chen Li-Chue's works will be on display at the Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall until October 4th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Dai Yalun in Taipei. 22-year-old Xu Haohong is in the spotlight after winning Taiwan's first-ever gold medal in Go at the Asian Games on Thursday. Xu first began playing Go at the tender age of four under the influence of his older brother. Xu's father says it had always been a dream of his son to win a medal in an international contest for Taiwan. He says that as a teen, she would commute daily from Xinju to Taipei to learn more about the ancient board game at a Taiwanese academy. Let's hear more from his father and his coach. Go player Xu Haohong was ranked number 35 globally when he shot to stardom at the Asian Games in Hangzhou. He successfully defeated the world's top three players to win Taiwan's first gold medal in Go. I played my gold medal match well from initial deployments to the mid-game, putting me at an advantage. However, in my mid and end stage game, I made some careless errors. Later on, I managed to turn around and I was lucky to win in the end. Overall, I'm quite happy with my performance. They are all world-famous players. They began with a mindset of study and also with a more offensive strategy. After he won the first game, I could feel my confidence in Haohong greatly improving, and later on he was able to stabilize his game to win. When the news got back to Xu's hometown of Xinju, his family and friends were overjoyed. Of course I am delighted. So many friends had been paying attention to this. Everyone was thrilled to see that Taiwan had finally won a gold medal in Go. Xu Haohong, who turned 22 this year, first dived into the world of Go when he was four years old, under the influence of his older brother. He would practice playing Go for over 10 hours a day. His home is filled with an assortment of awards and trophies that he won in both major and minor competitions. Representing Taiwan in world competitions to win medals has been his dream since childhood, so he was always resolved to go in this direction. I think he is a kid who is determined and never gives up. After grade 8, in order to concentrate on Go, Xu applied to a study at home. For six years, he commuted between Xinju and a Go academy based in Taipei every day. We felt it was very tough, but he seemed to enjoy it. He's a kid with perseverance and ideas who can slowly adjust his pace as he takes his own direction. In 2007, when he was in the first grade of elementary school, Xu achieved a five-done Go ranking and reached a professional level when he was just 12. 
Now that he's won gold for Taiwan at the Asian Games, he's both fulfilled his life's dream and let the world see how good Taiwanese Go players can be. The Taipei Jazz Festival is back in action. The three-week event features a series of jazz performances and talks by local and international musicians at various venues across the capital. Our very own Stephanie Yang gives us the highlights. Moon River, wider than a mile, I'm crossing you in style someday. As part of this year's Taipei Jazz Festival, Taiwanese-Australian jazz singer and radio DJ Caitlin McGee will perform with the Taipei Jazz Orchestra on September 30th. Songs in the lineup include Moon River, Blue Moon, The Moon Represents My Heart, and more. This year, I'll be performing with the esteemed Taipei Jazz Orchestra on the evening of the 30th at the Taipei Pop Music Center. Taipei Jazz Orchestra is going to be performing for two hours. They're going to be opening up their set with four instrumental tunes, and then I'll be joining them on stage for seven vocal tunes. Following that, they'll have um, a swing dance segment where those who know how to swing dance or are interested in learning how to swing dance can come and participate and join in as they dance along to this traditional music. Aside from performing seven songs with the band, McGee will also be serving as the event's host. This will be my first time hosting an event, and I'm so excited that it gets to be Taipei Jazz Festival, where I'll introduce some of the international acts, also the local acts, explain a bit about the history of jazz and the different genres and artists that will be joining us this time around. Some of my future goals include sort of making Taiwan a hotspot for jazz. There will be over 20 outdoor performances at the Taipei Music Center and Da'an Forest Park. The Taipei Jazz Festival is back in action with the theme, Wow! Discover Your Jazz. The festival features large-scale outdoor concerts at Taipei Music Center and Da'an Forest Park. For the first time this year, performances will be held at nine private venues across Taipei. Jazz musicians from Taiwan and abroad will perform a variety of styles. Uh, there will be like traditional jazz and also like very uh, advanced or um, very modern jazz and you can hear different instrumentations and also different uh, groups like small jazz groups and also big bands. We have uh, two groups from, from outside the country. We have one group from uh, Singapore, one group from Poland. To provide a stage for emerging jazz musicians, the festival issued an open call inviting jazz groups to apply to perform. Uh, so my go goal is to make uh, all the musicians find their stage or find their sound of, or, or uh, sh show their voice through the, the jazz uh, festival. So we not only arrange some of the top jazz groups in the festival, we also uh, had an open call. So uh, actually uh, 73 of the jazz groups apply for uh, the, the, the opportunity to play in the festival and 12 of them got the chance. So, so I think it's <clears throat> this is going to be a really great uh, festival with really high um, music level.
During the festival, there will also be a series of lectures and talks. The Taipei Jazz Festival will be held till October 15th. I love on my own. That one is Blue Moon. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hu Chongwen in Taipei. The animals at Kaohsiung Shoshan Zoo were in for a fruity treat on Friday to celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival. Over the course of the day, capybaras, coatis and orangutans could be spotted munching down on pomelo pulp. To make the occasion extra festive, zookeepers even decorated the animal enclosures with pomelos carved in the shape of the legendary characters of Chang'e and Wu Gang. The Kaohsiung City Tourism Bureau says the zoo always celebrates holidays with its animal residents in imaginative ways. This year, pomelos took the center stage, adding variety and nutrients to the diet of animals and making for a fun treat for the long weekend.